that leads a woman willingly around the highways and byways of Monty Python. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hi, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading this podcast. We hope you enjoy it. So here we are in May 1971 for the pan-European special uh, broadcast with contributions from countries all across Europe. Hope you enjoyed all three hours of it. It wasn't three hours. No, because we only watched the contribution of Monty Python. Oh, I see. Mayday in England. Can I just ask before we head into this? Yep. Are we in the wilderness years? Is this like between series in this, the chronology of things? This is between series in the chronology of things. I wouldn't describe this as the wilderness years. I would describe this as this is in this is added extras from the peak of Monty Python. I know, but I'm just saying. So we're not doing it to fill a chronological gap watching all these other things. We're just doing it in, in the order that they came out. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Okay, that's fine. So, British May Day. English May Day, almost. Well, this, I was going to come to that. Because mm-hmm. um, I wrote British May Day in England special, which must be the kind of wording they use. <laughs> but then, and it was true to form, right till the end when Dumbarton came up. Yes. That is not a part of England. Correct. And do you know how you knew that? Because they were all wearing kilts. <laughs> Just in case you're unsure. Yes, because we can forget living in Scotland that not everybody in the whole world wears kilts all the time, like what we do. <laughs> I've never seen you in a kilt, and I never think I will. No, that's true. I've very rarely worn a kilt. Anyway. Anyway, back to me, day in England. Um, did it raise a wry smile? I generally, I did. I thought there was. Um, just nods towards English customs mm-hmm. that should be ridiculed, <laughs> or types of people that are actually funny. So um, I think there wasn't much in the way of unfortunateness, was there? Well, it started with our old friend, the comedy sexual assault. Oh, with the May Queen. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That was unfortunate. Uh, what did you think of this? Well, I actually thought it, it, there was actually it was actually quite rich. I thought yeah. there was a lot to spot, like the fact that the, in the establishing shots, most of the people were wearing stereotypical or national costumes of other places. Oh, in the in the sort of green and pleasant land. Yes. Bit. So there was a couple of sort of uh, Arabs walking across. Well, the road. I didn't even notice that. The people on the green were all dressed in lederhosen. Right. Um, and there was something uh, I thought I, it was difficult to tell we were watching it on YouTube um, and so it's not always clear you know, when I said who was that you said Balin it was the idol be, it was <laughs> idol yeah uh, the reason for that is because this is actually not well I was of the impression that this was not the original soundtrack to this item mm-hmm. that they had revoiced it uh-huh. uh, in the late 90s because they they had the film but not the but not the sound right. but then uh, Graham Chapman appeared and was definitely 
Graham Chapman's voice, although I wondered if it might have been he was the Swedish. Am I to imply that he had died? Yes, that but Graham Chapman had died about that. Point. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I, I know nothing. I only know that Palin hasn't. And it, <laughs> that's all you know. I think Cleese <laughs> hasn't as well. Oh, yeah, that, this is true. Have uh, any of the others died? Terry Jones died while we were doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. He are? is the only other one that is. Okay. Terry Jones and Graham Chapman. Why did Chapman die so early? He had cancer. Oh, sad. Yeah. Keep it light. Keep it light. <laughs> but it's still interesting. Uh, yeah, so that was definitely Graham Chapman's voice, although I did wonder if perhaps it was just, um, it almost sounded like it was backwards tape, and I wonder if they just got some Graham Chapman Maybe. speech and put it, played it backwards. Uh, but, yes, revoiced in the, in the 90s, but to the same script, although I think there were some changes, possibly for, it was a different time, yeah, also for references that perhaps were now out of date, right. or would mean nothing. Um, yes. Uh, I like the joke about Eric Idle being a sociologist who wasn't sure about anything and then John Cleese was a better sociologist. Yes. Um, yep. And then the traditional slapping fish dots. Yes, now, this is interesting, isn't it? Because this is a well-known bit of Python, isn't it? Yeah. But it comes from this. Which is uh, was unexpected. Yeah. But I also have been recently um, refreshed of this mm-hmm. by watching, Pay- I think it was Palin in Korea, when he showed it to some Korean yes. people to say, this is what I used to do, because they had never mm-hmm. heard of Python. Um, but it was obviously what's available on YouTube. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. I've, I've imagine it on, like, oh, that seemed to be a very... Um, well-policed documentary about what was going on, so I think they might have had to clear it yeah, yeah, yeah. beforehand. But I thought it was interesting, the reaction to that, because... It didn't get much of it. It didn't, but then I, I think, you know, it's a good bit of... You, one would think it's a good bit of Python to show to people who don't speak English, because it's not mm. verbal. Um, and it's slapstick humour, and great. But I think slapstick humour has somewhat gone out of fashion. Mm. And it's a bit too, uh, especially if you don't have no idea what Monty Python is, to be faced with this, a perfectly nice man in his 70s is telling you this is what he does. You're not really expecting him to be hit by a great big fish into a Also, they obviously don't get the nuance and the reference to traditional maid dancing and and all the other Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. silly... um, I think think he only showed them the fish slapping. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, so they would get that that Mm -hmm. side of things. Mm -hmm. Interesting how many of these things involve people getting hit or falling over. Because that's funny. That seemed to be how most things ended. The pirates falling over because they had one leg. Yep. Um, obviously, the Batley Times Women's Guild. Uh, oh, we haven't gone that far. No, I was just, I'm just talking about times when things fell over. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. So, uh, the other points, then? Well, there's Hereford, nothing happening, and then... Mm-hmm. Um, North Somerset and Leighton Buzzard also had nothing Leighton happening. Buzzard, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, was a bit of an overplayed joke, I thought. Oh, I rather liked it. Well, yeah, okay. Uh, the overdue library book was mm-hmm. Excitement in the North. Mm-hmm. I thought we suggesting there's a bit of, as we move around the country, suggestion that some areas are better than other areas. Oh, I didn't think it was that pronounced yeah. that one area was stupider or less stupid than others. But then in Bristol, they boil nuns. What are we saying about the, the Bristolians? Exactly. The nun boiling of Bristol. Mm. Um... And then the industrial... Oh, wait, yeah, we had the townswomen's mm-hmm. guild. And then we went to Sweden, randomly. Yes. We had Chapman there, doing some Swedish. 
Although that just seemed to be backwards tape, I think. Oh, is it? With some bleeps, because of course the Swedes get up to naughty things. Oh, is that what that was about? Yes. Stereotypical Mm -hmm. Swedes. And then we have the City of London, Mm -hmm. with the the joy in the rebirth of the spring dance of the the future's investors. Yes. That was rather good choreography. Yeah. And rather well done. On steps as well, that's quite impressive. Yeah, I'm not sure if it was the Pythons themselves who were actually doing that. Oh, do you think they were Or if it was a a dance troupe. Yeah, you didn't really There was one very short person there that was like, hmm, I don't think that's a Python. Uh, but and I don't uh, the the merchant ba- bankers doing the hornpipes got a giggle from you. Yes, because it, it was just it just I just thought uh, I was I was buying into it. Yeah, the idea of yeah this was a, a derivation from the merchant bankers hornpipe. Uh, just as a, you know, it's like it's it sounds real, but also foolish. Yes, I liked it when they went on about um, the 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 dances had meant to help them find meaning outside of the uh, turning. Constant acquisitions, uh, or you know, it's just the way that the mm-hmm. talk went about the the meanings, the the deeper meanings of all this. We should maybe be keeping a track of the really rather lefty pythons at the moment, and their um, and their satirising of people whose main joy is in the acquisition of money mm. to uh, to where they get. When towards you, the end. Well, I was going to say, do they become increasingly right, like all uh, old people? I, th- I think there's, I think there's maybe a natural tendency towards that. Maybe something for us to just think about mentioning when it, when, when things, when politics come up, okay. or when politics are, are evident. Now, uh, the main time plummet of the bankrupt bank company directors. Suicide funny. Yeah, it's one that you'd have to you have to um. think carefully. Probably be snipped out these days, mm. I would think. As probably would the next bit, which was basically suggesting, isn't it funny that goal celebrations can be slowed down and put to romantic music and made to look quite homoerotic? Yes. Uh, but it's almost like the way that it was being referenced in a very um, anthropological way, saying that it was a little to do with fertilisation and progressive, as in they weren't going to mm-hmm. have kids because they were gay, made it... A bit more um, like a, a um, I can't say the word anthropologic, mm-hmm. like a documentary of that kind of thing. Yes, which made it a bit more not medical but like scientific, scientific, mm-hmm. sociological, which brought a bit of of uh, correctness to it, which. But the, the, what they were saying was effectively wrong, just in fancier language. So I don't know why it felt a bit more acceptable that they did it like that. But then I suppose it, you can imagine them saying that about, you can imagine a serious documentary saying it about some sort of dance. Like that would, birds mating or whatever. Like birds mating, but even can human dances, oh, yeah. you know, that may have thousands of years ago yes. been about attracting mates, etc., but which yeah. is now just done as a dance. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that was all. It gave okay. a bit of legitimacy. Yeah, a bit of legitimacy. But again, I'm not sure if it, if they wouldn't just, if there wouldn't just be a sort of, could we maybe veer away from it generally? Especially, uh, there was Especially sort of a... There's a point when the commentator, commentator went, oh dear. Yes, as if it was a shame that this had happened. Yeah. Or this was happening. Yes, I agree. Certainly anything I, that was... And there's a point when was... I think it was Chapman and Joe's just kiss each other. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I thought was uh, not what they were trying to say, or not a reflection of what would actually happen. On a yeah, I mean, I suppose there's always, there's always 
they could always say, well, that's the point. You know, we were we were satirising those views. Yeah. Um, but it's difficult. It's uh, it's the pub landlord. It's mm. it's Alf Garnet. How close can you get to before people um, get the wrong message? Could potentially get the wrong message. Yeah. And is that right or is that wrong? But we're not going to just solve it on a twenty minute podcast, but or are we? Not not if we don't do it. Okay. We've got eight minutes left. Brilliant. <laughs> I for one love the time that our re- that our listeners decide to spend with us, and I thank them very much for it, and I do not begrudge it. At all. I don't begrudge it, but I'm glad it is short. Okay. Short and sweet. Uh-huh. And then we had, was it Lester Sir Gynecologist saying hello? Well, everybody saying hello to everybody around the world. Oh, we had the uh, cricket in the boxing ring thing, uh-huh. which I didn't understand. And then Dumbarton Beekeepers, but not Spain. That was hello, quite funny. Hello to Beekeepers all around the world except in Spain. <laughs> yes. That was quite funny. Um, Although I thought what really quite funny was that the voiceover did not, Say it in a nasty way. No. It was just a sort of matter of fact. Of course. Oh, say hello to beekeepers all over the world. Except in Spain. Uh, and Stafford Ambulance people who chuck the, the folk off the... Um, off the ambulances for their waves. I thought that was quite funny. Yeah, you, I heard you laugh. People falling and making noises and being hurt. I love it. Yeah. I should just trip you over and you'd be laughing all the time. No, not when, not when it happens to me. When it happens to other people. So if I trip over in front of you, you'd funny. enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> um... And then we moved on to the next thing we were watching. Yes, which was an extract from the uh, ITV programme, London Weekend Television programme, as we know, because we got a lovely ident, didn't we? We did. Uh, Aquarius, um, which was a, which was an arts programme, uh, but this was a little section that Eric Idle and John Cleese had done, um, which was focused on um, football, and more specifically the broadcasting of football. Now... I could imagine this was a very good representation of that type of program mm-hmm. in the seventies. Mm-hmm. I've never really watched that kind of program. Yeah, even now. So even now, mm-hmm. so I probably missed half the jokes. Well, that's so you. But to be honest, a lot. Of I them still were, enjoyed it a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, there was another mention for that. I think it becomes obvious that the Pythons have certain popular or cultural figures whom they. Like to reference, two of whom are Anne Hayden Jones and her husband Pip. Oh, has that Anne, come up before? Yeah, Anne Hayden Jones was a tennis player. Okay. And her husband Pip, I think, was some sort of financier or businessman, but they were like a famous couple. Ah. And it was always Anne Hayden Jones and with her husband Pip. Um, and they've been mentioned a few times. Okay. Mm. Now, quite early on, well, I presume that Humphrey Burton guy was the real guy that used to He do was that. the real presenter of, of Aquarius, yes. Um, so we had him. And then Idle, there, there was some, I've just written down the Scots drunk. There's yes. some reference that was a bit stereotypical. Yeah, it was a bit stereotypical, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bit route one, but there's a bit of football in reference there, you see. Oh. oh. Um, and then I liked it when they cut to the panel and just talked about what they were wearing. Yes. In a way mm-hmm. that you normally treat women like. Mm-hmm. So that was quite nice. Not the uh, not the very masculine people yes. who speak about football. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's Idle again on the football field interviewing Colin Buzzard, mm-hmm. which was Cleese, who was meant to be stereotypical stupid football player, mm-hmm. I imagine. Now, why were there men lying down behind? <laughs> I don't know. Cleese? I mean, at the end, Cleese also fell over and said, I've fallen over, Brian. Yeah. Um, but there were two other people. I think one was Terry Jones, wasn't it? 
I don't think so. I, it I thought it looked a bit like Terry yeah. Jones, but no. It, it, I wonder if it was maybe another sketch that either hasn't been preserved uh, right. or that was not done. Uh, but yes, there was very obviously. And interestingly, if not, if it was just a random um, surreal thing that was mm. happening, that also happened a couple of times in the Mayday uh, sketch. Because one of the bits when they were doing the sociologists was speaking, a man who looked quite similar, wearing shorts but no top, and a big sort of um, black wig kind of came up behind John Cleese and just sort of looked round his shoulder. Oh, yes, it was like almost like a, a native of some foreign land. Well, I, I, I thought possibly. he might have had a bone through his nose or something. Oh, gosh, I didn't notice that. So that's rather problematic. But a sort of surreal element was yeah, kind yeah, of just yeah. put in. More than the surreal elements that tend to be played out in the sketches yeah, yeah. Uh, was sort of put in there. Yeah. And then we went to Iceland. But, yes. But Cleese in Iceland didn't sound Icelandic. Yes, he was supposed to be Philip Jenkinson. I'm I'm not familiar with sports broadcasters from the early 1970s to know if that is a real person or not. But I think it might have been because the others all were. And this is probably very true of all football punditry. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be bothered to follow it. <laughs> there was just talk, and I just could. I know there was probably some quite funny jokes in mm-hmm. in that spiel that was quite a continuous chat. You know that sort of stream of consciousness. Yeah, without much breaking up and mm-hmm. punctuation to help you follow it, but it was just. Yeah, I uh, without wanting to spoil things for you, there's a later sketch that we're going to come to, which I think is a better version of that. Right. So we'll 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 part Part that for now and and speak later. Then we had Cleese being Jimmy Hill. Now, Mm -hmm. did you recognise Jimmy Hill? Yes. Is that a person who you who you are aware of? Yes. Even I, in my very limited periphery vision of football, of football, are are aware of Jimmy Hill. Jimmy Hill. Right. But probably predominantly because the term Jimmy Hill and stroking your chin <laughs> meant you were lying when yes. I was growing up. But yes, I know who he was. Mm-hmm. But I thought that Cleese looked pretty like him. He also had a distinctive look. Although he did it that, I mean, he kind of did it all throughout his life. But at that time, with that beard, yeah. uh, he had a bit of a distinctive look. Um, so, so, but yes, he did look like him. Yeah, and then I really enjoyed when um, Jimmy Hill comes in on and does a commentary of Cleese being him. Yes. And saying, yeah, no, he's got that hand right, but I don't like the way he's done that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was... And they were obviously up for a laugh, those guys. Yes, because the panel uh, also spoke about the now, little bits. I know. thought, other than Jimmy Hill, all the other people could have just been cuts of things they had said. But then I realised, no, they, no, they will come along to film this. Yeah. Which makes me think they should have used them more. Well, I think they probably used it at the end of a World of Sport or something. Yeah, yeah. So Can you just say this and this and this? Yeah. Because only Jimmy Hill had anything to, to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, in that, in that part, Cleese gave the starting lineup or, or the front row of the team as Bun, Wackett, Blood, Stubble and Boot. Um, which was one of the possible titles for Monty Python Flying Circus. What was it? Bun, Wackett, Buzzard, Stubble and Boot. Well, glad it wasn't. Well, well, you wouldn't, well, if it was, if it was all, if it was the same, apart from the title, we'd now be, this would be, you know, Buzzard, Stubble and Boot up, Boot up the Misses, Boot up the Misses. That would have done. It's better than Python up the Misses, isn't it? No, Python up the Misses is good because it is suggestive. Uh, 
But um, anyway, I like Monty Python's Flying Circus, which I know is just as ridiculous, but easier to say. Yes. But, but is it only easier to say because of Monty no, Python's Flying Circus? there's too many consonants in the other ones. Consonants? Yeah. <laughs> is that like consonants? Shut up, you. Shut up, you. And then the last bit I have a lot of questions about, which was... Um, was it John? Well, well, is the is the Jimmy Hill interview with the cutout of Alf Ramsey? Mm-hmm. And the fact that I have no idea why Alf Ramsey spoke like an alien or was thought to be an alien from outer space. The only thing I know about Alf Ramsey and specifically his vocal mannerism is, as I understand it, when he was knighted, he suddenly became a lot posher than he had been uh, before. But as I said, that was just he just put that on entirely. Mm. Um, but uh, it was interesting. The sort of the cutout had a sort of mouth, some sort of foam or rubber mouth, and it vaguely moved, but it didn't move an awful lot. Didn't really make it worthwhile. No, but I think that was part of the the ludicrousy of it all, wasn't it? Mm, mm-hmm. And I mean, there's a few references in those sketches too that kind of brought us back to the homoerotic goal celebrations. You know, they were not. They were not afraid of pointing out some of the more homoerotic aspects of football. Oh, I didn't notice that. Well, the, Brian Thigh, who was the interviewer on the pitch, was quite camp. Oh, was he okay? And made a few suggestive remarks to okay. to Colin Buzzard. We've seen Colin Buzzard before. We well, did refer to him as like the lovely Colin Buzzard yes. or something like that. Yeah, we've seen Colin Buzzard before. We've pretty much seen that sketch before, where John Quiz only remembers that he got yeah. hit on the head and scored a goal. Okay. Okay. It's, it's football, it's not yeah. going to land with me. Alright, okay. Uh, the other thing, at the end, when Humphrey Burton sort of summed up and told us who we'd been watching, a lot of good credits in the fake credit oh, roll, yeah, by yeah. the way. Joanne from the off-license made another appearance. Um, at what point did John Cleese become John Cleese? What do you mean? Because when you hear his name being said at this time, it's always said John Cleese. Is it? Yeah. And I kind of wonder when John Cleese, I'm going to keep my eye out for that, as to when John Cleese becomes John Cleese and stops being John Cleese. It's going to say interesting. But not really. No. All right, okay. Are we doing the who did what best? Oh, we can do, yes. Not a great deal of... I'm not sure I saw Terry Jones at all tonight, apart from in the goal celebration. Kissing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I think you're right. Um... Yeah, apart from Michael Palin returning his library book, I didn't think there was an awful lot of actual acting went on in the first... Uh, You're right, it's more just groups of people, so yeah, maybe it's not a good yeah. episode for that. Mm-hmm. And Derek Idle and John Cleese were quite, uh, well, I thought, in the second part, although it seemed to be more Idle than Cleese. I, I, I think Idle did better. No, Cleese's Jimmy Hill was quite good. Well, that's true, maybe Cleese just pulled the show there. Yeah. Uh, right, so now... What now? Na- yes, now. I'm going to read you an extract from... Michael Palin's diaries about this period in time. Okay. Um, which I'm sure will thrill you as it will give you a clue as to what we're going to be doing next. Okay. Sunday, March the 14th, 1971. Python's success has resulted in a number of offers, e.g. a Python Christmas book from Methuen, three separate record contract offers, Decca, Tony Stratton-Smith and good old BBC Enterprises, who despite themselves seem to have sold over 10,000 of our first LP, Merchandising t-shirts, 
West End shows for Bernard Delfont, etc., etc. Terry and I and Terry Gilliam feel very much that we are in danger of losing sight of the wood for the trees. Python is a half-hour TV show and cannot easily be anything else. Any transformation of this show onto record or onto the stage will inevitably lose something from the original. The alternatives are therefore to put out these weaker substitute Pythons and make money from very little work, or else to work hard and make everything Python is involved in new, original, critical and silly. This requires a great deal of effort and, as all of us are at the moment employed on other pressing projects, no one seems willing to expend it. So we stumble on with no great sense of direction. Like the record and the film, we have already stumbled into unsatisfactory compromises. I think there are a great many ahead. We now have John Gledhill of the Roger Hancock office acting as the organiser and agent for Python Productions. It's going to be a hell of a job. Today we talked about notepaper. Some kind of sanity has prevailed in that John C., after being reluctant to do any more TV Pythons, is is gradually becoming one of the staunchest advocates of a new series to be made in the autumn. So, they're having a discussion. Mm-hmm. What is Monty Python? What should it be? What shouldn't it be? It should be a half an hour TV program. Do you think they should sign the record contracts? Well, I mean, it's their income. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think less of them for doing that. Well, leaving that aside, do you think there is mileage in Python records on the evidence that we've seen so far? Well, I had a Python record growing up, so I know it was good. So, so and it's interesting what you said there about if we are going to do these things, he thinks that they should be new and original and not just peddling the same stuff yeah. all over again. I don't really have enough of an opinion about this, honey. Okay. Sorry. Would you be interested? What's your opinion? Um, it's difficult because, of course, you're coloured by the knowledge that you have of mm. what happens. I can see why he why they'd be concerned. Mm. Um. And I think it probably depends on what each of them wanted to do with their careers and where they saw their careers going. If they were a bit of a, a, bit of a leap at that time, it's again, you know, looking back at 50 years later, um, you know, the idea of diversification and multimedia and that is much more ingrained mm. than it was then. You know, well, we're a TV program. Why, why would we be making a record? Needed why would we be writing a book? Far more a sense of identity around the product rather than the people. Yeah. Whereas nowadays, I think it's far more around the people yeah. than the product. Yeah, and I think also people are less... I don't think... Uh, I think people are more inclined to be seduced by what Palin's trying to avoid there and say... This will be easy money for us. Yeah. Would you be interested in a Python book? Book. He didn't mm-hmm. mention book. He did. Really he said record. They've got a publishing offer from Matthew. Oh, okay. Well, is that what we're doing next? Is it going to become a book group? Well, we may do if they if they decide to take that offer, or a record, or a film. They've already been on stage in a vague way. Do you think this would be a good idea for them? I, again, I don't care enough. You don't care enough. Okay. Sorry. Do you have anything else to say about what we've watched today? So you're not going to tell me what we're watching next? No, it's going to be a surprise from now. Now you know that the idea of diversification is in the air, you will have to see how they diversify. That must be a surprise for you. I look forward to it, honey. Do you want to take that again so it sounds a bit more like you do? I do, darling. I'm being <laughs> genuine with that. Okay. Yeah, I, have, I have nothing more to say. Okay, well, if there's nothing more to be said, then all that remains to be said is join us again the next time that we introduce the Python. Up the missus. Bye! Bye.